When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Ballantine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplotte as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Del Warwick as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band were preparing for a mind scan. Eli beat up the Beastman before Morgan talked him into cooperating. Atticus was deeply disturbed by Valentine's comfortable chat with a heretic, and Valentine disciplined a Stormtrooper after hatching a plan to send copies of himself throughout the galaxy. What will they find inside Eli's brain and how will it change their plans? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From the, uh, uh, well, uh, the, uh, the the private log of uh, Gideon Kotov. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, what will happen uh, to my son? You you say this will clear up my debt. Ah, yes, yes, of, of, of course. Uh, entering the, uh, the the template project is uh, well. It's uh, you're 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 we're indebted to you, really. The 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 Imperium uh, is in, indebted. Uh, to you so uh yeah we'll we'll just you know put put your son in the machine uh we'll run run some tests uh we'll pick up on all the stuff that uh, makes him tick and uh just send it out into the galaxy you know just it'll be like your son is uh is alive everywhere instead of just uh just here that's fine and what will happen to him oh uh well we have we have servitors to mop up the mess later but uh hey what do you care you're debt free right eli it's time to find out what's going on inside that mind of yours um surely a nice simple tiptoe through the tulips uh is is where we're headed the happiest man in the retinue uh eli sharp um so we talked about this a bit in in uh, season two and kind of what these brain scan machines look like. Because again, 40k tech is like a weird kind of nightmare realm of some incredibly advanced, incredibly like capable, mechanically sound um, patterns that have been found and replicated. Uh, but everything is kind of a knockoff at this point, right? It's either old, 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 or it's like, cool, we have the blueprints, we can build it. We don't know how it works. We don't know how to replicate it. We can mix and match with what we've got, but we can't, there's no innovation anymore other than just like, well, we, we, you know, we bolted the thing to the other thing, like, ta-da. And as a result, uh, a, a machine like this that has been custom built particularly using Xenos tech is, is a bit of a marvel to behold. It's not nearly as big as sort of the full size room rig we saw previously. This is instead, um, much more of a, um, I'm thinking almost like a horizontal version of like a Borg recharging station where it's got kind of like, you know, a, a, a big, like wacky lightning panel, um, 
certainly <laughs> some um, uh, restraints, um, very much in in kind of like the if you're going to strap someone to a gurney kind of restraints. Yeah. Um, but uh, the actual um, what you lay down on Eli uh, before you get strapped in um, is almost a, a, a comfortable gel, uh, which is wildly strange to you um, and and I think uncomfortable in the way that like if you're used to sleeping on a firm mattress getting onto like a gel anything is just a yeah. it's your body's used to comfort I assume as- I'm like fairly stripped down for this um, or, or or is this like sorry is it like gel as in like it's, it's liquidy it's, gel or gel with a firm surface it's a sorry I, I should clarify <laughs> it's um it's a firm surface gel so okay. like it looks like a cushion but then you you sink into it and it gotcha. kind of takes on your form which is again just unnerving when you're expecting like this will hurt and it's like oh no this doesn't hurt i hate this <laughs> um so i think we'll say um that you're uh you've probably like they've stripped off your jacket you're probably just in in like a singlet um uh, the process has been refined a lot uh, since the Abic nail pattern was was developed, and part of the the many many iterations of this that uh, Kotov has made over the years means that uh, it's he assures you it's a much less messy process than when he started, um, and we've come a long way uh, since he had to you know dig out those memories uh, a little more literally. So you're. Um, you kind of like rest down onto this, uh, like what we would almost think of as like almost a crash pad um, for like in terms of the, the amount of, of give it has. Mm-hmm. You sink into it um, and uh, he comes over with a, a helmet um, that you can tell is a, uh, at one point um, was a, an Eldari helmet. Uh, it's been heavily uh, modified. There's a lot of a very clear like Mechanicus tech. So Skulls, but also cogs. Cogs. Normally just spikes and skulls. Mechanicus loves cogs. Cogs and skulls. So there's lots of cogs and skulls um, kind of all over this. Um, but it's clearly been rebuilt um, uh, and kind of like a lot of stuff has been sort of like fused onto it um, in such a way that it's recognizable as an Eldari helmet almost in um, in form only, like in, in silhouette okay. only. Um for those of you who aren't familiar with kind of uh, Eldari helmets, uh, they're very tall. Um, I mean, the Eldar, the early Eldar designs were basically just space elves. So if you think like a, a classic kind of elven, pointed elven helmet, uh, it's kind of that with um, a little bit more sleekness to it um, and sort of almost interlocking plates down onto a, a faceplate. Faceplate itself has been removed. Um, so we're almost looking at like a centurion helmet in some ways, um, but uh, but a bit classier. Um, it is, I think, again, Atticus to, to things like you don't necessarily know what the LRA look like, but you sure hate seeing an alien helmet, uh, cause that's very clearly what this is, um, being kind of lowered onto, uh, onto your face. Um, and Eli inside, um, you find that there are a number of screens, um, and unlike the sort of constant 1980s escape from New York style or star Wars, like interference screens you're used to, these things are crystal clear. Um, uh, we, the, the viewer would know them as like Tau technologies, like very, very highly advanced, very slick, very cutting edge. Uh, for you, it's just, it's like a window into a place you aren't. It's very strange and kind of awful. Um, and to have screens that close to your eyes yeah. is just generally unpleasant. And uh, Eli says that, is Valentine in the room? Yeah. Everyone oh, yeah. is, is yeah, crowded around here? you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, sir, you sure about this? 
Yes, entirely. All right, carry on. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, great. Um, so he like clicks the helmet in um, and puts kind of some, uh, you know, the classic like, um, you know, electrodes um, to, you know, on your cheeks, on your forehead. Um, and then um, he slides a couple of gauntlets forward and sinking your hands into them. Um, yeah. it, this is like a, like a, a liquid gel um, that kind of closes around your, your hands. You can still move your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like your fingers are, are still mobile. It's just a, against resistance. Um, and uh, he just says, uh, yeah, d- don't mind the, uh, well, the, uh, you know, the, the, the goopiness it'll, um, it's just there to, to help monitor your vitals. Uh, I realized after a few, less uh, successful attempts. I had to keep a pretty close eye on the subject to make sure we could, uh, well, uh, not need as many cleanup crews. Commentary you know. isn't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fine. 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 Um, so he gets that all set up. Um, and then uh, he kind of like wheels over a monitor that is very much just a, a, a standard Imperium grade, large monitor. And uh, he turns to you, Valentine and says, all right, well, we're, we're, I think we're ready to go here. Um, so you're looking for specific information inside uh, this guy's head, right? Yes, yes. I believe that inside our friend Mr. Sharp's head, there is information pertaining to the final location or the final resting place of Inquisitor Kanehurst's lost vessel. I require that location. All right. Yep, yep. Okay. So we're looking for uh, secret information. We're looking for something that's been embedded. We're looking for something that has been... Um, mapped onto your your mind that's great that's exactly what this thing is for um question for you though inquisitor uh this says uh, kanehurst guy um is he a, a, a psyker um valentine you would know from your from what um uh uh Ivanikov has brought you that uh there's no record of kanehurst having psyker abilities kanehurst was not i do believe at least one member of his retinue was Ah, all right. Okay, so so it could just be a a psycho thing. Could be a a different thing. That's that's good. That's good information. Okay. Um, well, um, Mr. Sharp, uh, there, uh, just uh, sit back and relax and um, clear your mind best you can. Um, and with that, he just goes and grabs a proper fucking Frankenstein switch and just throws that shit. Uh, and there's just a, like a blast of electricity. Um, there's a an oddly um, uh, an oddly uniform hum that uh, is uh, almost cordant, I guess. Like it's it, it it's unnervingly beautiful. Um, and Atticus, I think, like the hair, the the plentiful hair on your body kind of stands on edge um, <laughs> because it's like you're used to machines sounding a certain way, but like this kind of like high pitched kind of beautiful tone is incredibly foreign to you um, in terms of like, it'd be honestly the, the equivalent I, I think of is like, if you've only ever heard like a diesel engine or, or someone like revving proper revving an engine and then an electric car drives by, it's just hmm. unnervingly silent um, and can go so much faster, so much quicker. It's just like, it, it's, it's just off based on your experience. Um, and uh, immediately uh, Eli, um, your eyes are just assaulted with kind of like a blast of, of, um, uh, almost like the 2001 a Space Odyssey like oh, yeah. screensaver thing where it's just like lights <laughs> and color um, just essentially dropping you almost into a state of synesthesia where you're, mm. you're you know overwhelming your senses 
uh, and attempting to kind of put your brain at ease. Here's the problem, though. Um, you're not exactly a Zen fella. So I'm going to need a roll to see if you're able to relax into this or not. If sure. not, it's going to put your body at more risk during this procedure. Yeah. I mean, Eli would definitely be making a concerted effort. Like he's doing this, been given an order. Mm-hmm. He's being, he's going to try to do what's, what he's told to give the best chance of this working. For sure. Yeah. And I, I, to be clear, I don't think he's like, ah, oh, this is some bullshit and I don't want yeah. it. Um, it's more so that for someone with a busy mind who normally like clouds it or, or like just full on smothers it with booze mm-hmm. to be sober while doing this is going to be a real rough. I mean, he's not entirely sober because he's still got a bunch of booze in the system, but you know what I mean? Like he's yep. not with his normal thing, but I will give you a boost for that because you are legitimately trying on mm-hmm. your way. I think this is going to be, um, I would say willpower. And okay. let's go with vigilance, maybe? Oh, no, discipline. I'd discipline? go with discipline. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think that makes the most sense for you. Yeah, uh, it's only, only difficulty three. Um, okay. It would be two, but it's just an, an uncommon thing to be dealing with. Uh, you get a boost for, again, trying to follow orders as, as best you can. That's just the one boost? So yeah, far? one boost okay. from that. And I'm going to give you one setback for not getting medical aid earlier that might have assisted you with this. Okay. Um, we just have the one story point? Uh, you have two now because a very oh, kindly GM spent one on a fairly innocuous roll. Right. Well, I'm going to use one of those two. Okay. Because I'd like a brain. <laughs> um, and uh, given that valentine's mission is a holy one um eli would like to be around to help it so i am going to use uh the emperor's blessing Mm. talent Uh, so i'm going to add two boosts to this nice all right all right good to go yep oh dear oh hello six successes one threat Phenomenal. So, yeah, you relax, Eli. but you poop a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Nero Abagnale from uh, Warhammer 40,000, the Valentine Heresy. And look, if you want to help support us in pulling back the curtain on uh, some of the mysteries of the galaxy, like, uh, you know, figuring out what all this horror stuff means or uh, finding these uh, these uh, new men, well, we're going to need your help. So for just the cost of a dollar a month, you can join our, our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. And yeah, for just that, you can talk to other fans in the Discord, swap theories about uh, the nature of the Golden Throne, uh, about, you know, what really happened <laughs> back in the day. You can really get to the heart of things. Or, you know, at $5, you can listen to this very show ad-free, uh, as well as some of our other shows. Uh, at uh, $15, you can add some names to the shows. You can hear your own, uh, you know, names showing up and stuff. And at $25, you can create your very own character who will go with us on some of our adventures, as well as uh, getting your name added to the credits, which is a good way to immortalize yourself, you know, like like Horace did when he got his name added to the credits of history, you know? So uh, if you want to be like Horace, go to uh, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And, you know, we'll figure this out together. So yeah, Eli, you 
with with an effort um will yourself into into kind of this this uh charmed state um you let go and uh your your mind opens um on on screen um so that amount of successes i'm actually going to skip the pain phase to this uh because i think you Like your body almost recognizes this process as like a new drug it can enjoy. So it's just like, great, in we go. Um, and uh, we, we begin our, our deep dive. Um, so one of the interesting things that's happened here is you would have received this imprint when you began in Kanehurst's service. And a lot's happened to you since then. Um, so Laura, I'm curious. Um, obviously, the we've talked a lot about the event of about venting your crew Mm -hmm. um, to stop the, uh, the Tyranid uh, infection. What, what do you, what do you think the, like the busiest, biggest idea that's been tumbling over and over in Eli's head is that would be at the surface here because you have so many successes. I'm also going to say, if you determine that he would not want this to be the thing that people see, that you can swap it for something else, but I need to know what you would swap it for. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think it's like the, he, he replays this moment kind of over and over again in his head of like being in front of the, uh, when he's being like court-martialed afterwards and he's in front of this like, <laughs> I kind of a kind word for it would be like panel, but basically a bunch of, you know, uh, upper rank Navy people who are basically like telling him that he deserves to die for what he did. Um, and yeah, that kind of moment of just like kind of outrage that he felt that would, that's something that, that goes through his mind a lot. That's a lot of what he's quieting on a day-to-day basis with the drinking. Gotcha. Okay. So um, it's not like there's just pictures showing because that technology doesn't really exist. Um, I think instead what you're seeing on the screens are um, there's just a a ton of of binary um, flying by. Um, So it's a little bit like how in the Matrix there's like the people who can read the Matrix lines and be like, okay, here's what what we're getting. Um, So Kotov um, in his halting manner is um, describing what he's seeing um, to all of you um, as we go, because he's wrapped up in his work, there's there's less hesitation because he's worried. You can tell he's like almost worried about missing bits. Um, so he gives you a quick uh, rundown of that. Uh, Valentine, Atticus, and Morgan, any reaction to this uh, as it's being described to you? It's okay if there isn't. I'm just curious. I think Morgan has no outward uh, any any reactions or facial expressions or anything, but she's watching very closely this whole situation but i think she's standing on one end of the room and then toby's on the other end of the room so she's watching it from multiple angles <laughs> um but i think she internally is feels a bit of empathy and feeling about this because she's heard this from eli before eli has in drunken stupor told her how upset he is about this situation so i think it's something she already knows and gotcha. feels bad for him uh, Atticus, being a military man yourself, and particularly one who is very focused on on the idea of order within the military and like doing one's job, um, how is this uh, this sequence uh, reading for you? 
makes sense. It's your job to execute an order. It's your job to take the blame after. Um, uh, hmm. But um, he is, uh, I would say, probably somewhat disturbed at this machine and what it's doing and what it's producing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's standing pretty close by to Eli in this like bed that he's kind of on. Uh, should he receive the order to destroy this thing at any moment, he will, he's poised to do so. Gotcha. And Valentine. Valentine is watching the screen and caught off with rapt attention, which for him is standing at military attention, hands behind back with his metal eyes. He's incredibly hard to read to begin with, but this is just fully kind of paying attention to the environment, knowing that he may voluntarily put himself through this procedure. He wants to track all the different parts of it and what the dangers are. He's also released Eugene, who's hovering around his shoulders just getting an audio recording of everything happening in the room so that Valentine can also look for any additional auditory evidence if he hears Kotov saying anything as it happens, like just having that kind of black box recording of sure. everything as it goes. Great. That makes sense. Um, so as the, the tribunal um, continues to, to sort of play this scene out for you, um, Eli, um, eventually um, one of them stands, which is odd because that's not what happened. Um and uh, as they stand, uh, kind of, there's, there's almost a flourish as um, the, you know, the the silhouette of the, you know, the epaulets and the the golden cord of of kind of like high admirality um, almost seems to uh, to melt and stretch um, into a, uh, a a jauntily worn cloak um, that's kind of cast over one shoulder um, in a uh, in a somewhat um, Again, like a jaunty, almost carefree manner, um, and uh, the the figure seems to like take off the the admiral's cap and kind of toss it uh, aside in a very sort of casual manner, um, and slowly light uh, begins to sort of um, come up on on them as they they step forward. The you know the tribunal panel desks kind of melting away. Um, and, uh, and you, you see Kanehurst, uh, and Kanehurst is, um, he's got like, a, a a bit of a, a late era Tom Hanks vibe to him. Um, so sort of those, those like round, uh, sort of like rounder features. Um, but again, like kind of like late era Tom Hanks. So like he's, he's seen some shit, but there's, there's still a kindness and a warmth um to uh to his, his face and his bearing and eli it's one of the things that i think stings the most which is he's just one of those people that's so easy to get along with and to want to like that when you're with him he's your best friend and then the minute you're out of his sphere he just seems to like you, you cease to exist which is exactly what happened to you he wasn't right. at this tribunal he didn't he he did stop them from executing you but like he still let the tribunal happen because he was thinking about other stuff. Um, you know, when you were no longer useful, he ditched you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the kind of guy who transports his favorite bar to a new planet, and then just like goes there when he needs a moment. You know, just there, there's a bit of that, yeah, uh, disfluency. But you can't help. But I think um, uh, there's almost like a warm feeling that that kind of envelops your body as he steps forward because there's just that 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 un airing confidence and just that sense of I've, I've got this in hand, which of course to a career military person, like exactly what you want from a commander knows, knows what's going on, 
knows what he's doing. Yeah. And um, as uh, as he he steps forward, um, he just says, "Eli Sharp." Ah, uh, wait. Uh, is this? And Eli says aloud, "Like, am I? Is this interactive?" <laughs> and um, uh, uh, Kotov just says, "Oh, uh, it, it's um, your your waking mind is." Uh, it's interacting with the the imprint that's on top of it. Uh, this would be very uh, very dangerous if we put you under, or uh, you know. So just you you can talk if you want, but it's it's just an imprint. So whatever makes you whatever helps your brain is is best. We don't want to be cleaning up any brain off the floor. So if you want to talk, go, go ahead and talk. I mean, if you got stuff to say, uh, now, now's your time. But I I'm just talking to something in my head. It's not it's not real. Um, Valentine, given that Eli is a member of your retinue now, would you say anything to try and ease him through this or would you let Kotov continue to do it? Seeing that Kotov is like very into <laughs> the extraction of the information and not necessarily the vessel it is extracted from, uh, or would you let it play out because you need to analyze the entire sequence? And to be um, clear, Eli's just trying to make sure that he's doing this correctly like fully understand yeah yeah yeah. and it's the kind of thing that again like if everyone is a lab rat to kotov it's weird when the rats start asking questions he doesn't know what to do with that so (laughs) he's like i don't fucking i don't know yeah valentine would speak from where he's standing saying speak to kanehurst in any way that you would find interesting what comes out of this conversation may prove fruitful for all of us morgan would you add anything to that or Toby, I'm sorry. I got to keep asking about Toby. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Toby, Toby's just got his like zoom in eyes. <laughs> I think uh, I think Morgan would eventually sidle over and be next to Atticus so that she's kind of closer, but she wouldn't say anything. Gotcha. Um, so Eli, you you see, um, you, you've got um, sort of an image of of, uh, of uh, Inquisitor Raziel Kanehurst standing before you, nodding a little slight smile. All right, and kind of a bit awkwardly at first, Eli kind of nods and says, Inquisitor? Eli Sharp. Uh, correct, Eli sir? Sharp. Uh, Inquisitor Kanehurst. Eli, <laughs> you are gifted with an understanding of how to find your way out there amongst the stars. Not many of the people I've worked with could do that. It's a skill that a lot of people don't put much value in. We've forgotten. We've forgotten the old ways, how difficult it was when our first ancestors took those first halting steps forward into a galaxy, a wider world. But you know. So when I say you can find the first trace of me should you need it at these locations and he, he mutters coordinates to you that immediately eli like you recognize exactly how you put that into navigation how you would convey this information um and uh Kanehurst just just nods and he says so you'll find a way station there from there you'll be able to find wherever in the galaxy i am just like our ancestors you go find me amongst the stars. And then the message repeats. 
Um, and basically it like it repeats like twice more before um, uh, they'll pull you out. Is there anything you'd want to do before you go? Um, no, like as, as, I think it, it, it was odd talking to him, but as soon as it repeated, it was just so obvious that like, there's no point in, in interacting yeah. with this. It's it, so uh, Eli just kind of gets down to business and, and speaks to the room uh, mm. saying the coordinates. Great. Um, and so um, before Kotov pulls you out, um, he sidles over to Valentine. Atticus, I assume you bristle at, at casual sidling over to the Inquisitor? Yes. Or, yep. Um, yes, bristle. <laughs> bristle the arm. Yeah, like just fist raises. <laughs> raises. <laughs> <Just> start going. <laughs> um, and uh, Kotov says... Uh, you know, he's already uh, plugged in Inquisitor. Do you want me to make a, a template? Yes, that would be excellent. Thank you. Um, and uh, he he gives you his his most gold bloomy grin to date. Um, and uh, he uh, he pats your chest, Eli, um, a couple times, and uh, just says, uh, "Yeah, right." Uh, so this is uh, well, this is. Uh, this is the part that uh, that kind of sucks. Um, wait, wait I thought wait, a button what? and um, electricity courses through your body, Eli, and you pass out. Super. You come to uh, sometime later with a, a horrific stench. Uh, just wafting over you. Uh, and uh, as you, you blink your eyes open, uh, you find yourself yet again in the garden shed. Um, this Couldn't time, give me a nicer room. <laughs> uh, no, hell no. They, they know what you like at this point. Um, <laughs> you have uh, a, uh, a a hat over your face. Um, there's a, a, an incredibly soft blanket has been been placed over you. Uh, and you can feel that there's uh, like a sheet under you on the table. Um, you open your eyes, uh, you kind of like blink your eyes open uh, to to see kind of hanging aquilas just softly uh, drifting left and right in the uh, in, in the light. And um, you kind of hear a voice over your shoulder say, "Oh, uh, you're awake. Please don't hit me. Please, please don't hit me. I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. There was." Uh, there's some water, and uh, we also have a, a bottle of Amersec for you. Um, enjoy or don't, I suppose. Emperor's grace be with you. Do you hear like the clinking of the necklaces mm-hmm. and kisses it? And um, uh, Thaddeus just swoops out of the room. Um, uh-huh. Eli and, doesn't uh, say anything. I don't think he's. He, no, he no. He's not um, ready to acknowledge. <laughs> Totally understand. Yeah. So you um, you roll up to sitting, and um, as as uh, as promised, there's like a pitcher of water, um, and again, like fancy fucking glassware because it's from this like fancy castle, uh, and there's a a bottle of Amersec uh, with exactly one finger of Amersec left in it. So one drink's worth of Amersec at the bottom of the bottle, yeah. as well as a, a a tumbler and a small container of ice. Uh, I, I take a, 
I, well, I smell the Amazek first because, I mean, this hmm. thing has brought it, supposedly. Uh, it smells great. It smells okay. old. Okay, does it, smells it smell fancy tainted? <laughs> no, no, no. This this smells like, and also it should be noted, um, the bottle is pristine. Okay. Um, you don't get the sense that like the dock has been in here taking swigs. Uh, you get the sense that a bottle with exactly one drink was very purposefully left out for you. If you were to venture a guess, it's probably from the Inquisitor, but it sends a very specific message. Uh, uh, Eli takes a swig and then smashes the bottle on the floor. Oh, it is. It's the good shit. Great. So you smash the bottle. Um, you, you gather your coat. Uh, you feel tired um, in a, like a, a bone weary way. Um, your head is is splitting, uh, but it's a different headache than you're used to. So at least there's some fucking novelty to it. Um, your strain uh, has been recovered. Oh, that's nice. Um, because it turns out you actually got a pretty decent sleep. Uh, they set you up proper in in uh, the garden shed. Um, you make your way uh, back out, uh, rejoin the world, and um, go in search of. Uh, you're met by by much more polite stormtroopers than, than previously. Hmm. One of whom has a, a, his wrist in a cast uh, and they uh, basically bring you to the ship. So Valentine, Atticus and Morgan, uh, having got the coordinates for the waste, the waypoint, um, you know, a, a quick sort of cursory um, inquisitorial archive scan suggests that like, obviously it would be impossible for an inquisitor to imprint their entire retinue with knowledge of where they are at any given time but knowledge of a thing that could basically create a chain of, of um, data points. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so basically it's like a, a breadcrumb satellite that's been left uh, to help point you in the right direction. Um, it's within the system, obviously to get you going in the right. Well, I mean, it would have to be within the system, but it's, it's close enough by that. It'll, it won't be long to find the first one, uh, take you on your way. Um, that said, uh, you have the information you need. Um, you you know Narl's body is out there somewhere uh, with, with more information about your visions. Is there anything else you would want um, from Hearthold before you go? Again, this will be your base of operations moving forward, but once you get off-world, uh, your Inquisitor rank gets big old quotes around it uh, because technically you are dead. At least until the slow-grinding bureaucracy of the Imperium catches up. Is there any other Eldari or Necron tech in this place? Um, you could go talk to uh, Iskander Maid, who is the, um, the, the sort of uh, head inquisitor of the Xenos um, sect here. Um, but no, amongst the, uh, the Hereticus, there might be like, bits and bobs, but not enough to upgrade. Because basically, like, Kotov has been given a lot of stuff since he's been here, um, but it's stuff that uh, the Hereticus chapter would have, like stuff that Graves would be able to give. Uh, Maid may have things, other things, that uh, just aren't here, but you'd have to go... Um, you'd have to go up to the spire and the landing pads to um, to talk to uh, Iskander if you felt so inclined. Yep. Uh, Valentine would look through the records that he has from Billingberg to see if he has anything to trade. He wants to keep the tomb ships. They're too useful. 
And he yeah. promised Davy and Mutus a report of basically he'll give him everything that isn't useful, where it's like, if he thinks they're actual heretics, like, go fucking burn it down. He doesn't care about any of that. But is there anything there that uh, the Ordo Xenos may be particularly interested in or in terms of assets or anything so that he's not just showing up to be like, hey, man, can I have your illegal shit? I have nothing to offer in return. I've been here a week. Honestly, from yeah, yeah, no, I think that's that's a good question. So from uh, from the files you have access to of Billingbergs, um, the the Vicodin information is actually pretty helpful. Uh, you've already shared it with Graves, but the fact that uh, Vicodin is made of orcs is like honestly at this point almost an imperium wide problem for how large that distribution network is so that's not nothing um there's probably a, a list of names of people that vicodin was working with on planet that would have been aware again you sent cleanup crews so might not be as helpful um the information about the the abacus network so the the tomb ships the abacai you could share that because it is based on Xenos tech. So that would be of interest to Maid, but there's also a chance not knowing this Inquisitor at all that he would launch an all-out assault. On yeah, all no, those. Valentine wants that. Nobody gets to know about that. That's too useful to him. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing would be the aware, like the knowledge that there is a, an Eldar defector possibly or at least collaborator um somewhere in out of eldar space and in uh imperium space but again it's a pretty loose lead so nothing uh nothing huge to trade uh, on that front unless um yeah i mean you could also turn over billingberg's records but again that exposes a lot of stuff you're hoping to use yeah uh Valentine will probably talk to Triseus first to find out if there's anything that the Hereticus have that the Xenos would want where he could trade information between Ordos. Mm, mm, okay. Uh, can you roll me a... Let's go with uh, like maybe a Forbidden Lore. Sure. Let's go Forbidden Lore and Intellect. Uh, difficulty 3. And this is basically like a role to determine what uh, Drusaeus is able to get for you. Cool. I'll uh, give you a boost for being in in good with with Graves. Um, you're very much on side with him. Um, and he did kind of promise you any assistance you might need. I'll okay. also give you an additional boost because you're new. I feel like a new Inquisitor showing up with information might be might be an attractive prospect. Um, we're currently at two and th- or one and four again. Uh, yeah, I think this is just this is a just in case measure. It's not of huge yep. stakes to him, so I won't use Fair this enough. yet. One triumph, three threat. Ooh. Okay. Um, sure. Let's let's go with this. Um, there is uh, a oh, that's kind of fun. no, that doesn't work. Um, I think we can say there's like a recovered um, uh, Tyranid carapace that is um, amongst honestly the lost and found of Hereticus in terms of just like an inquisitor. Some inquisitor had it in a crate 
in the Hereticus storage. It was never claimed. It's it's one of those weird like lost luggage pieces where it's like someone brought this here. Um, it's valuable enough to the Xenos that uh, to order Xenos to take a look at it just to see if there's anything new that can be cleaned from it. Um, but there is a sense with amongst the Hereticus, order Hereticus that like someone still could come back for this. So it's been logged. It's basically like in evidence. Um, the threat I think is um, taking it would not sit well with the hereticus like the the order hereticus folk they wouldn't like hate you for it but they've made clear their stance like no we're not giving you this someone's coming back for it so unless you want to work to subvert that it'll just be kind of like a oh hey what uh kind of kind of situation from the two threat how could i subvert that Subversion is very much Valentine's fucking bag. Well, so the information you have is um, it was left behind by an Inquisitor. It's, cer- it's currently sitting in evidence as a someone might return for this one day. And as a result, they're, they're hesitant to give it up. So how would you try and get around that in a way that would satisfy them? Hmm. Morgan. He would just call her into his office and say, I am fascinated by your moral flexibility and your gifts at, uh, one could say, falsehood. There is something I require that is in Hereticus storage that they believe has been placed by an Inquisitor, unknown name, unknown time, no return date. The Order Xenos would be very fascinated by it, which would allow us to facilitate other deals that become useful. I'd like you to get it for me in a way that won't get me in any trouble. Oh, yes. Into the inquisitorial storage. That's whatever you say, Inquisitor. Excellent. To be clear, I will have to disavow this mission if you are caught. So please don't get caught. Uh, Yes, this place has... Very lax security. Yes, it'll be fine. Excellent, excellent. So you won't require assistance, or would you like me to second someone to you for this task? Actually, yes. Uh, Can I take your Atticus with me? No, you can have Eli. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, and most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. 
Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Were you accused of a murder enacted by supernatural forces beyond your control? Yeah. Are you seeking a multi-figure gold settlement for damages to your business? Yes. Are you a young entrepreneur seeking justice for the murder of a family member that would be here if you were better at your job? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Thomas Phelps. I am the attorney, along with my assistants, of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher, and we want to help you get justice. Our expert legal services are available for a modest fee. But not too modest. I got a family to feed. As a bot, I don't eat, but I do have a hunger. A hunger for justice. And that hunger drives us to work for you, future client. From investigation to sentencing, we've got you covered for everything from public urination. Oh, yeah. To murder in varying degrees. Don't look at me. The attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher care about families. That's why they work quickly to help get this daddy off. I was blown away. My business was in trouble after an unfortunate case of property damage. But the attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher helped set things right with a hefty gold settlement. So come on down to the law offices of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher. Located in the old Biscayne Boys building in Eastern Orgea. Just follow the podcast highway signs for Dungeons and Drimbus and take the season three exit. The attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbio, and Felcher are not responsible nor liable for any of the following that may be incurred while working on your case. Sudden death, loss of limb, heartbreak, the use of magic to secure evidence, the wrath of an interdimensional being, urinary bladder infection, nausea, depression, the sudden desire to remove one's clothing, the illicit romance of a will-they-won't-they they workplace scenario, or complete and utter disregard for the natural laws of space and time. Join your favorite fantasy attorneys for their next case. Dungeons and Drimbus publishes every Friday wherever podcasts are found.